Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to The Crossroad. This is episode 418. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, Paul Feig's comments that he would like to do another Ghostbusters sequel. Well, of course he would. Anyway, we'll get into that. We'll also talk about Ray Parker Jr. and Ernie Hudson having a good conversation on Ray's show. We'll talk a little Steve Johnson again, uh, and then some shout-outs to some of our franchises doing some great work out there. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keyboard? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Everybody kind of forgets that New York went, ah, crap, fell in on itself. God. And since the 70s has been, re- like, once it collapsed, everybody started moving in. But in the 40 years since then, it's done the usual thing of then the gentrification begins, and now it's too expensive for anybody oh, to yeah. live in the I city. Mean, that's, yeah. people, people that watch Ghostbusters often forget that that was just sort of at that breaking point before uh, New York got cleaned up, and it was still pretty dangerous. You know, New York... You watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was a reason that there were like street punks and stuff all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Well, it was Ghostbusters is eighty four. Warriors was what seventy nine, seventy eight, something like yeah. that. If not, not 80? that long before. Before, yeah. and that was built on the real life story of the of a, of the seventies. Uh, neighborhood gangs, right? That was that's not that's not science fiction or anything like that. But that was that was based on a real thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's I mean, and, uh, and now you watch now you watch anything filmed in New York, and everything looks beautiful and green. Yeah. And uh, if you if you're a fan of Tracy Morgan and you're watching The Last OG, you know that you know his neighborhood in Brooklyn. Now there's a bunch of hipsters and. People run around taking Instagram uh, stories uh, in in his old hood, and it's it's like that's how it is. It's it's totally changed. But yeah. And and what would a Ghostbusters movie in New York be like now? It wouldn't have that same sort of grit and grime. I don't think it would. They'd they'd be answering calls to uh, you know uh, all the the ungrateful yuppie larvae that they talked about in yeah. the second film, basically. But well, I mean, there's a reason why they could substitute in Boston for it, right? Because sure. all the cities are now cleaned up and fancy, so you can trade yeah. one for the other pretty easily. Yeah, they all have a, 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 a Pratt and a Starbucks on every corner, basically, is what it is. But, um... <laughs> anyway. Uh, Alright, well, that's a good way to turn it around into Ghostbusters. I, I don't know why that reminded me... I don't know, maybe this isn't appropriate. I, I just want to say, and I'll keep it vague, because I don't want to talk about who, what, when, why, or how, but um, I heard one of the best takes, pitches, uh, ideas for a Ghostbusters movie... Uh, that I've heard in a really long time, and I know you know we've been fan speculating on what things should be, and 
uh, all of that talk about New York, and you can plug in Boston, or you can plug in any any international city now. That's that's what got me thinking about it. So, I, I, the people that are we're going to talk a little bit later here about Paul Feig wanting a sequel, which is the clickbait du jour. Um, but that was uh, my that was my. But we'll we'll talk about that. But at the same time, there are so many awesome stories that could still be told uh, using this framework of Ghostbusters, and uh, you you just triggered that uh, that enthusiasm in me again too. Thinking about it, but well, uh, yeah, because it's the it's it's the what if you take one of these you know hundreds and hundreds and if not thousands of years of you know supernatural and superstitious stories that humanity's come up with. And then sub out whatever hero there is, if there is one, and put those guys in. <laughs> put in the Ghostbusters. Them. Any Ghostbusters. Yes. It's 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 like uh, <laughs> it's like Ghostbusters improv. Hey everybody, we're the Ghostbusters. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make up a story for you on the spot. First, I need a monster. I need oh, a monster I'm and great. I need a location. Go. I need a location. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Golem. Okay. All right. Going with Golem. Here we go. Going with Golem. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so yeah. On that note, let's let's talk about that clickbait du jour because I think it, the the conversation sure. will stem here quickly. So let's get into the news. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Yeah. Well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Beep 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 beep. Hot off the press, here is the... No. no. <laughs> I, I thought at one point we would do like a newsreel, like, news on the march. And I was like, I just don't... I can't... I can't do it. I can't that do would it. Be, that'd be funny for two episodes. Yeah, and exactly. Then and get, here we be, are almost 200 in and it'd be like, news on the march. Like, okay, but dude, guys, it's it's old. It's tired. <laughs> uh, and, and even still, I'm sort of tweaking with all of our pre-roll stuff that you guys hear, uh, you know, that I, I, I plug in uh, here and there and still fine tuning things hundreds of episodes later. But uh, but so yeah. anyway. Um, all right. So let's talk about it. Uh, Paul Feig is out there. He's promoting his new film, um, A Simple Favor, which stars Anna Kendrick and uh, Blake Lively, a couple other like big names in it. But so he's did out you, there promoting it. Yeah, did you watch the trailer? Uh, I have not. We... The teaser trailer just hit as we're recording this. Uh, I saw I, it. I have not watched. I, well, you know, I saw, I take it back. I've seen images from it because, you know, when you're mindlessly uh, flipping through social media at three o'clock in the morning, uh, yeah. I, I saw the beginning of the trailer, but I didn't get to actually like watch it, watch it. It looks intriguing. It looks uh, kind of yeah. scandalous, a little, a little edgy for Mr. Paul Feig. A little thrillery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and martinis are involved, which we know that uh, Feig is a fan of as well. Um, <laughs> Too many martinis. No, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so anyway, so, uh, Paul's out there, he's, he's hitting the press tour as every filmmaker has to do when the movie's about to release. So he was at the CinemaCon in Las Vegas, which is a big trade show that all of the yeah. theaters and vendors and distributors and people go to. Um, and of course, as again, when anytime you are involved in Ghostbusters, uh, you will be asked in every interview until the day you pass away. And then posthumously, you will be asked the same questions about Ghostbusters. So, of course, uh, whoever it was for Yahoo um, asks Paul, hey, would you ever make a Ghostbuster sequel using your characters? And maybe we'll get into this in a second, but 
of course he says yes. And he's like, oh, of course, I, I would love to make another movie. It's really up to the studio, you know, leaving it yeah. up to Sony saying, like, if they want to make another movie, they will they will call me and let me know that we need to start writing a script. But yep. um, so he's, he's very cordial. He says we had so much fun making that movie. Um, and despite enduring all of the backlash, all of the volatile stuff that he had to endure on the Internet uh, in the end, you know, he he really enjoyed the experience. He says that the movie is just built uh, an audience through home video and uh, all of the kids that have watched it now. Of course, they mentioned the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award. Um, and he says, I get contacted every day by people who are such fans of it and so many women who are inspired by seeing women in science. Um, I will go to my grave so proud of that movie and so proud of what that cast did in that film. So uh, Paul Feig, obviously, like nobody sets out to make a bad movie. Uh, if people right. don't like answer the call, it's not because Paul Feig was out to make a terrible Ghostbusters movie to enrage the masses. Um, and so, you know, if, if somebody comes to, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a, a world renowned chef, say somebody comes to David Chang, they're like, I love your Momofuku, uh, chicken sandwich. Will you ever make uh, a fish sandwich? And he's like, well, sure. I'll explore a fish sandwich. He's not going to say no. He's not going to say, nah, I don't like fish. I don't care for fish. Um, terrible example, but I feel like it's, it's, this is not a news story and yet it has picked up steam I, and I don't know why, Chris, I don't understand. I don't understand the, the viral, how things just distribute to the masses and how people pick up on it and how it replicates. And then it morphs into, oh my God, the nerve of this guy. He thinks he can make another movie because that one sucked. And like literally yeah. all he's saying is like, I'm proud of that movie. If the studio wants to make another one, I would be game. It's not even a news story, really. It's just him talking about a project that he worked on in the past and of course, it's being blown out of proportion. It's it's well, I don't know. It's residual, um, not hype. I don't know what you want to call it, but what whatever that je ne sais quoi is that uh, attracts the media. That's left over from from the original movie. Like it's yeah. just any mention of Ghostbusters, particularly pertaining to the 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 last movie, just automatically still generates some heat or or at this point press still thinks it does like i guess one of these days they'll all jump on board and then they'll look at their traffic afterwards and go oh no i guess it's over and then they'll never do it again i mean it did it again here where it's yeah and and seeing even just the because maybe it's so bite-sized and it works well in 140 characters or less yeah uh, it, it it got picked up everywhere again and, and it's, and to the point where, again, the wording changes and morphs to one of the ones I saw was like, Paul Feig wants to make another Ghostbusters movie. Well, no, that's not what he no. said. You know, that's the media's problem. I think I, the, I was thinking about it earlier when you, you, you see, I've just been ignoring it. I didn't bother yeah. reposting it or anything. It was just a, it was kind of a non-issue. I'll wait until his movie comes out and then I can, you know, I can say, Hey, new movie. Go look. All right. Um, but, but the flip side of the coin is, I think as time goes on, if he's smart, Paul Feig will have realized that he has a certain percentage of, of fire to instantly apply to anything <laughs> he's promoting. Yeah, that's Because true. all he has to do is sit down and say, you know, hi, I'm Paul Feig. And they'll interview him about his new movie. And then they'll go, what about Ghostbusters? And he'll say, 
Exactly what he said here. Right. Yeah. You know what? Like, and it's changed. This, you know, to, he's like, you know, I don't know that they will. They didn't do what they wanted, but who knows? Maybe I really like doing it. The actresses like doing it. You know, if the opportunity arose, absolutely, I'd do it again. And then that just gets turned into while talking to Paul Feig about his new movie, so and so, opening such and such a date in theaters nationwide. Here's this other thing he it's said. Sure, there's no such thing as that. <laughs> it's got us talking about a simple favor, so it's it's exactly. doing what it should so, be doing. So yeah. I think I think I think somewhere in the back of his head is like, well, we weathered the storm. I may as well get you know. It may as well work for me now. <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. the active emotional initial years worth of it is behind everybody now. I think all that's left is for him to just go, sure, that's me, whatever. Uh, and frankly, it yeah. works. It's it's the the Dan Aykroyd effect because frankly, it's not like Dan Aykroyd like every time. Hi, I have a wine. Hi, I have vodka. It's co Ghostbusters star <laughs> has a thing. <laughs> That's it. It does. It works in so many people's favor. So, so I, well, so here's the other question just, just to sort of, we'll put a cap on this because again, it's, it's sort of a non-issue, but, uh, I kind of wanted to discuss with you, do we think that this cast would actually be game to do another one of these movies, given what they had to go through? And, and even the article points out, like, yes, there was a whole lot of backlash that happened because of this 2016 reboot. Um, I, I, and I, I haven't seen anything outright. This is just a gut feeling that I have. Uh, nobody's actually said like, I've moved on, I'm done with Ghostbusters, but I feel like most of the cast has kind of like, they're done with it. Like they've, they've kind of left that in the rear view mirror. Like, yes, it was so much fun to be a Ghostbuster. It was wish fulfillment for me. Uh, I, I'm good. I I'm, I'm good. I've, I've, I've gotten that feeling because, you know, Melissa McCarthy shows up on stuff. And nobody yeah. really talks to Melissa McCarthy about Ghostbusters or Kristen Wiig. Same thing. Nobody really talks to her about that. Uh, Kate McKinnon was on that uh, Alec Baldwin. I don't even remember what it was called. It was very short lived. Alec Baldwin thought he could be a talk show host after Saturday Night Live. So he right. he had his Sundays with Alec Baldwin. And one of the first guests was Kate McKinnon. And Ghostbusters does not come up at all, which is strange to me. Um, so I, I don't. I don't know that it's necessarily these actors or their publicists saying like, Hey, Ghostbusters is off the table. We don't want you to talk about it. We don't want to mention it. It's just, it's, we're done with it. Uh, or if they, they're, they've kind of said everything that there is to be said. Um, so yeah, well, what works for a Paul Feig may not work for actors and actresses though. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, I, I think your instinct might not be too far off there. I have the same gut feeling that, you know, they're, they're, uh, um, uh, there's PR and what's the other one? Publicists, their management, their agents, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. There's, there's a bit of a free, you know, behind us now, leave it aside sort of thing. Now, does that mean they'd never do it again? No, not necessarily. I mean, I, I think with a little bit of Bill Murray said he would never do another one. Yeah. Uh, and begrudgingly, the circumstances he showed have up. To be and, right, sir. Well, here's the thing. There's no other way to put it than uh, Ghostbusters ended up, you know, at the front of the vanguard of a bit of a discussion. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's still kind of, of rolling on now and will probably roll on for a few years to come. 
once we get a few more years down the line and a lot of this stuff stops creating the instant uh, knee-jerk reaction out of a small percentage of, of, <laughs> of, of when will that happen? I, just so I can circle yeah. it on the calendar and I can look <laughs> forward to that day. It, 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 I think it, it may conceivably then get to the point where if somebody said they're going to do a second one, that initial phenomena would not, not, not only would it not be anywhere near the same or as large, they themselves have, uh, a experience because they went through it the first time and sure. B wisdom in that they now have perspective behind them looking at it to then go, sure, let's do another one and are basically bulletproof to whatever comes next yeah. because they know what the worst of it could be and it's unlikely <laughs> if, that it had ever yeah. hit that level again. I was going right? to say they've so. endured the, the, the extreme brunt of the, I mean, well, look at the. It couldn't at, be. At the, it couldn't be anywhere as bad as what they've already endured. No, look no. at the the guys who were trying to make the same noises about Ocean's Eight, and yeah. it's still not even a fraction of what rained down yeah. on Ghostbusters. And I know there's a percentage of people listening that are called, yeah, but it's like I don't know. Don't save it. Well, like, but, and, and at the same time, I mean, if there was if there was a, a an enticing. Like you, you can't tell me that if the Russos or if Phil and Chris Miller, or Phil Lord and Chris Miller came to the table and they were making a new Ghostbusters movie, and they're like, "Oh, we got a role for Holtzman," and they go and they make this impassioned plea to Kate McKinnon, and Kate McKinnon is like, "No, I don't do Ghostbusters anymore." No, of course she's going to listen to them and be receptive to it, and if it's a, a great think, enough idea, she'll totally be down with it. Um, I think in descending order. Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon are are basically neck and neck. Yeah. To be first to say yeah, sure. To, to actually, actually be game. You know to what? Do I'll it. put yeah. Leslie Jones first. Uh only because McKinnon cuz right now she's doing a lot of stuff. Like out of all of them right now she's a bit of a comedic it girl. So Depending on what the timing is on all this, there's a slight chance that McKinnon, A, would absolutely love to go back to Holtzman because out of everything that came out of that movie, you know, Holtzman is is undeniably the the, the biggest thing to come out right. of. Right. You know, yeah. No matter what your position oh, yeah. is, everybody went kind of nuts for the Holtzman character. Um, and then let's see here. McCarthy? Maybe, yeah. Because I always got the feeling that Kristen Wiig just never really wanted to and then Wig, because Wig has a a bit of a she's a bit of a Murray. Let's be honest yeah, here. She's yeah. very very funny, but part of her wants to do serious stuff. So if there's anybody that might be in a headspace where it's kind of like nah, I don't do that sort of thing right now, I think it'd be her. I, I think I mean that's that's actually a really good analogy. I feel like she is the Murray of the group, where it's like I got other stuff, guys. Like I don't I don't need this. I mean, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I think you're absolutely right. I think in that exact order, you're you're exactly right. I think if if any live action movie moves forward, and if any of the answer the call characters appear in it, it's probably just going to be Holtzman, and and maybe just like a quick cameo from Leslie Jones, like that. Maybe Patty shows up uh, for a scene or two, but I uh, yeah, it's tough. I just I don't I don't ever think that they will make a direct sequel to Answer the Call. Um, no, and I don't. Th- I, I I don't think all four of the actors would come back. I just don't think all four of them would be game to do it again. 
Uh, no, we'd have to wait quite a ways out. Like I said, time heals all wounds, so mm, yeah, I, this I, would take. <laughs> yeah, I, I say this after watching the first episode of Cobra Kai, where you know uh, how many years that was. That was also eighty four, wasn't it, Karate Kid? So uh, here yeah, we are, thirty so. some years later. And Ralph Macchio said he would never make another Karate Kid movie. I'll never do Karate Kid again. And over my cold, dead body, will anybody play Daniel LaRusso? And, well, here he is playing Daniel LaRusso on YouTube Red. So Ah, Yes, but here, YouTube Red makes me laugh. Um, (laughs) YouTube Sandwich. Uh, (laughs) Mm. YouTube Hoagie. Uh, I think, though, what's set it up there it's this it's the same thing for murray he said no i'd never be in another ghostbusters movie and then they showed up and said how about you do a cameo as a do whatever the hell you want uh paranormal skeptic and he went okay yes yeah and in in ralph macchio's position it was kind of like never 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 and he's like yeah but what what if johnny's not exactly a bad guy and you're more of the jerk this time. Oh, yeah. And, and as goes, an actor, you're like, ooh, ah, intrigued. Go on. Because yeah. all he heard initially was come back and be the, you know, the the Tiger Beat cover kid again. And he's kind of like, nah, that's not, no, yeah. that's dumb. That's stupid. That was 40 years ago, guys. Yeah. But like I said, if somebody comes back and says, yeah, we're going to repurpose it a bit. Do, like, I don't have YouTube Red. I will watch it at some point, however I can manage it sort of thing, but I'm not yeah. getting another streaming service right now. God, sort of thing, that's but. the, like, I want, <laughs> I, yeah, I want to watch Cobra Kai, but then I've got to get YouTube Red. So I've only watched the free episode. Uh, I want to <laughs> watch I, Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> but then I got to get CBS yeah. streaming. Like, no, enough with the $10 a month people. Anyway, yeah, sorry, Yeah, exactly. Go on. Uh, but I, um, uh, well, yeah, it's like Disney going, yeah, we'll have our channel and have all the Marvel stuff. And it's like, I got a lot going. Uh, like, you, you may be, not as you're you're late to the party may not outweigh your uh, or be outweighed by your being Disney as much as you think. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know it's it's that's what it is 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 somebody uh, was able to oh that's what I watched the the trailer and it was it's very clear what it was. Yeah. It was like yeah. Johnny was just an eighties you know uh, you know uh, teen dickwad. He was the you know he was the the ski instructor and all the, you know, right. all, the, all the movies and all that. Like there was always that slightly more privileged, slightly, you know, more cool kid, best time of his life, 80s thing. And very rarely to somebody, like basically they said, yeah, but what about him? Yeah. What 30 happened years to him on? 30 years what later? Happened to What's him? his life like? And yeah. we're in an era where nobody wants to hear the black and white stories. Everybody's more interested in slightly more nuanced stories. And it's kind of yeah. like... <laughs> Like, so basically somebody said, yeah, but let's assume he's not completely evil. You know, he's, he was an 18 year old bully. That's, and we all know that right now, 18 year old bullies are actually kind of broken kids more than anything, right? <laughs> That's like, true. Just, and they when they become, bad for him now. There's, yeah. you know, right? So, they, you know, they, the reason they're, they're, the, the crap rolls downhill with them is because it started uphill somewhere else in their right. life sort of thing. Right. You know, not excusing their 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 actions, but it started somewhere, and it's not you know nobody seems to be a winner in this situation. So in the case of this one, he's X years on. He's a he's way past his his you know thing. So it's this interesting mix of him having to deal with um, kind of blames that pivotal moment of his life, 
And he's not entirely wrong. It was a pivotal moment. It's just not, that wasn't exactly what the problem was. But at the same time, he's also kind of, yeah, like the whole thing is built around him pulling a, a Mr. Miyagi. He's like, hey, kid, you're getting the crap kicked out of you. Like, I'll, I will teach you. <laughs> like, but, and begrudgingly, too. That's begrudgingly. That was the, the best thing about that first episode. Yeah, is that and it's then, like he's still a dickwad. He's still, dick, he still yeah. kind of sucks. But, but, but then, like I said, we see, we see Danny. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk, too, right? Like, yeah. it's like, but it, it's, and, kind of, it's kind of what we all know is that this fairy tale 80s stories, everybody grows up to be a middle aged average jerk right like yeah everybody uh, yeah everybody's kind of an asshole now but but like, I'm, so, I'm hoping and i don't want to derail us off into cobra kai too much here but i'm really hoping that it comes up in the narrative somewhere you do realize you beat me with an illegal kick all oh, right good oh, right out <laughs> of the gate yeah that comes Did up they? in that first episode oh yeah, good yeah. okay it's so. it's right then and there yeah so but <laughs> but again i mean it and it's it's not it may seem like we're we're sort of deviating here into Cobra Kai discussion, but it's actually very relevant because if, again, if any one of those four actors from Answer the Call was approached with something that was intriguing enough in a story sense or, or from yeah. an acting perspective that it will be fun for them, it will be a challenge for them. You know, if, if somebody comes to, to Kristen Wiig and says, look, I know you didn't have the best experience with Ghostbusters, but we really want... Aaron to show up in this because she's going to be the villain. And she goes, Oh, I've always wanted to play the villain. That's why I did despicable me. And, and all of a sudden bing, you've got her right in there. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a never, it's a never say never scenario, but at the same time, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. At least not all <sighs> four of them together. Uh, you yeah. and I and anybody else listening to this could sit down with a, a notepad and start jotting out four or five, loose ideas that might be unique enough to twist things around and, and, and come up with a new story out of it. Right. Like it's. Yeah. And, and that's, again, going back to what I was talking about at the top of the show, that's the beauty of this. There are so many stories to tell and that's what IDW just keeps knocking out of the park. They know that they know that you can keep mining this gold, uh, as, as much as you can. So, uh, anyway, uh, we, we just talked 20 <laughs> minutes about the non-news story, and that's that's what we do here on The Crossrip. That's what we yeah. excel at. Uh, so uh, this deja vu, let's talk about Steve Johnson again for the third sure. episode in a row, I want to say. Steve, so here's what I think is happening. Steve is doing a whole lot of press, much as Paul Feig is out there doing a simple favor press. Uh, Steve is, has launched, is launching. I'm not sure if it has happened yet or not, but he's doing another book for his Rubberhead series and he's doing a, a Kickstarter campaign to raise the funding for it. Uh, the first one went, uh, I mean, the, the crowdfunding was bonkers. The book is wonderful. It's, it's amazing. Talks about all of his, his awesome exploits in a creature shop. And, uh, the second book, uh, it seems like it will do the exact same thing. So I think that's why he's doing a whole lot of press and that's why we're talking about him quite a bit. But, right. um, speaking of things that went viral, this one went viral for a totally different reason than Paul Feig mentioning Ghostbusters again. Uh, so John Squires had the exclusive in bloody disgusting, uh, their blog where this week, Steve Johnson talked about his inspiration for Slimer, which we've heard before, uh, the John Belushi story. We know that he wanted it to be more like Belushi and that I think Ivan Reitman had said he wanted it to be a smile with arms. And he's like, oh, how do I do that? I don't know how to make a smile with arms. That's kind of weird. Here's the new twist that I hadn't heard before. Maybe you've heard this, Chris. 
Um, but uh, a cocaine binge late one night in the creature shop, uh, which led to him having a vision of John Belushi's ghost visiting him in the creature shop. That's what inspired Slimer. That's that's the new uh, uh, twist, the new added uh, element to this that uh, Steve Johnson was told at the very last minute after working on all of these Slimer iterations that they wanted it to be more John Belushi-esque. And he's sitting there on a deadline. He's like, God, what am I going to do? I got to pull an all-nighter. Apparently, he loved cocaine, as everybody in the 80s did. And uh, so he grabbed an eight ball, uh, <laughs> cut up a couple of lines, and pulled out a stack of John Belushi headshots, uh, snorted a gram of cocaine, and <laughs> and <laughs> the rest is history. Um, so here's his exact quote. I want to make sure that I exactly quote him because this is what I my jaw hit the floor. And then maybe Chris, you can tell me like th- this was surprising to me. <clears throat> Steve Johnson quote. I was three grams into the night and in a cocaine induced delusional paranoia, I literally thought that John Belushi's ghost came to help me out three grams into the night. And then apparently John Belushi's ghost shows up and says to him, watch that shit, Steve, it'll kill you. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Hold on. I have never heard this Steve Johnson story before. Is this, have you heard this? Am I like in the dark here? Um, no, I hadn't heard the Steve Johnson story, although. The cocaine part you've heard before? I've heard bits and pieces, not specific to Johnson, but let's just say to, let's, let's just be adults about this. It was the, uh, you know, 1983 and a brand new needed to make their name effects house had three months to turn around a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. How do you think they, they were keeping those long hours? And So yeah. sure. let's just say hypothetically <laughs> for 20 years, somebody who may have gotten the chance to see an early home video release format unnamed and in discussing it with the people who produced the home video of Ghostbusters in a format that shall not be named mentioned that a lot of stuff was left on the cutting room floor that would certainly go a long way <laughs> to corroborating this story. But All say right. hypothetically okay. somebody okay. still is not sure at what point they'll ever be able to say, it's oh, what I man. heard. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, and it makes sense. I mean, I know there, there are companies notorious. I mean, there's that tower records documentary that Colin Hanks did where they had an, a line item in their daily budget for what they called hand truck fuel, which was just cocaine, like outright for all of the employees to just do cocaine in the break room. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it, it's not completely on her. It was, it's the eighties. It's, uh, people didn't understand. And we've heard like Lorraine Newman on the Nerdist podcast or the ID 10 T sorry podcast, uh, was talking about, you know, I, I realized I had a cocaine problem and I didn't think that I did because everybody was doing it at all times. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it makes a whole lot of sense that this is now again, almost 30 years later, the story that we are hearing about this. Uh, and it seems like more will be revealed from, from what you were talking about there. Well, let's put it this way. It took 15 years for the first little bits to 
pop up. And even that, then it wasn't public. It was just sort of like, you know, depending on who was talking to who, you might hear stories sort of thing. And now 20 years on since then, yeah, Steve Johnson has just sort of like spilled the beans. So uh, hypothetical people will still uh, hypothetically remain removed from specific details they may or may not have heard at some point. But yeah, this this is, this is not surprising. <laughs> well, we whatsoever. will continue to pre- protect those identities, and yeah, don't don't worry about that. But it's it's it it's the, by not a surprise to anybody that the very special story uh, for most of the late eighties, uh, mid to late eighties, and early nineties had to do with uh, any sort of of upper abuse, right? Like. Uh, family ties. Alex has a uh, what did he have? It wasn't cocaine. Uh, it was something else. Like, amphetamine. Some yeah, sort it was of like a speed equivalent, if I remember was, right. Yeah. Uh, and what was it on uh, Saved by the Sa- Bell? Oh, the, I'm so excited. Yeah, it, was, it was again a speed equivalent. A yeah. speed equivalent. It was. It was all. Yeah. It was. <laughs> these days, it's opioids. It's <laughs> nappy nap pills. But back <laughs> we, then, it was the we wiki wiki. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it does not surprise anybody. It took no. John Belushi's life. Dan Aykroyd has made, has made no bones about them and the rest of the Saturday Night cast were just going absolutely nuts left, right, and center. Uh, our favorite name drop is the, st- uh, stupid and futile gesture makes it very clear how much of behind oh, the scenes of 80s God, comedy was yeah, being fueled uh, by... <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> those those scenes between uh, everybody on the Caddyshack set uh, in the vacation, yeah, it's like. <laughs> and let's put it this uh, way: only these '80s stories make Hunter S. Thompson look slightly less madcap than we've all assumed he was all these years. <laughs> like, really, he once you start hearing about everybody else, you're like, wow, he was only a couple of degrees amped up to them. Like, we thought he was off the walls, yeah. not but, so much. Uh, Turns out, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, so uh, Steve Johnson's Rubberhead Part Two, Volume Two, whatever he's calling yeah. it, uh, we'll we'll make sure to get the the link out to the Kickstarter because I, I would imagine more stories like this. Again, we have talked about how S- Steve is just he holds nothing back, uh, and especially now that there's some time and distance on things, he he doesn't feel the need to uh, censor himself. So uh, there will probably be some more great stories like this uh, within the book that he has teased. So uh, check check that out. We'll make sure to get links out to you guys. Um, all right, one, well, two two more things here, but uh, this one is a lot of fun too. Uh, Ray Parker Jr. He's got his Ray Parker Jr. show that we've mentioned on the uh, the podcast a few times, uh, and we did mention that he was going to have Ernie Hudson on the show. That episode dropped this past week. Um, it is a whole lot of fun. Uh, particularly because it is completely unplanned as you will hear. We're going to play a couple of clips here and then I highly encourage you guys to go listen to the full thing. But uh, apparently Ernie and Ray just ran into each other at a Starbucks and they, there was that moment of recognition and they were like, Hey, Hey, I got a podcast. You want to do my podcast? (laughs) So, uh, so the two of them, they do talk about ghostbusters, but then they really start getting into growing up in Michigan and they just, you know, shoot the shit as, as two, uh, two guys do. Now, have you had a chance to listen to it, Chris? It it just hit a couple days ago. Okay. I did not know. So, um, I mean, it's, it's great. They do, they talk about the music video, uh, right out of the gate. They do not talk about the canon of it. Like us nerds do on a certain (laughs) podcast. Um, but they do talk about the music video. They talk about the, the effects of the movie. Uh, 
Um, but, uh, but all in all, it's, it's just these, it's these two guys talking and, and just having a great conversation. And again, because it's unplanned, there's no, there's no written questions. There's, uh, no outline. There's no agenda. So it is really just a great free form conversation. But, uh, so here I'll play, I'll play just a few clips from it, but, uh, definitely go check out the Ray Parker Jr. Show on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, it's on Ray's uh, social media. It's uh, easily accessible, but we'll, we'll post a link for it as well. But here, here's the Ray Parker Jr. Show with Ernie Hudson. Special, special week. Because just to show you how crazy stuff happens around here, we didn't plan this. What was I, Starbucks getting me a coffee? Yeah, yeah. Right? And who's at Starbucks? Who could possibly be at Starbucks getting a coffee? Ernie Hudson, the original Ghostbuster in the film with me. How about that? In fact, he's in the film. I'm not in the film. I have a problem with that, Ivan Reitman. But, you know, they, they should fix that in film four or five at least. Don't you, you would think at least, yeah. I we mean, keep waiting for, uh, waiting for them to do something. It's about time. It's about, it's about time. time. Right? That's right. So we sit in Starbucks this morning talking about dancing, right? You know, Yeah, that's right. It's possible right. you might see Ernie dancing on TV at some point in the near future. We won't yeah. say what, but it's yeah. possible. It's possible. Yeah, he's got three left feet and I got three left feet. And how about we met doing a video dancing? That's, that's right, yeah. That yeah. was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. In New York City. They blocked off Times Square, what, Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. or something? That's right, yeah. Yeah, God, I remember that. You know, Chris, it's been, what, 30, almost 35 years years ago? Yeah. Yeah. That's when I knew they were a big budget film, you know, because I missed all the film that you guys were doing, you know. Yeah. So I missed all that stuff. So what was that set like? People like to ask me about it, but I don't know nothing about it. I wasn't there. I, I met everybody at the video. Yeah, no, it was a great time. For me, especially, you know, shooting in New York, it's something about just that whole New York, um, you know, crowd, mm-hmm. people would show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Doing a film with Bill Murray, uh, you know, fans love Bill in a very unique and special way. And he relates to the fans in such an incredible way. But um, it was just a really, really exciting time to take over New York. I mean, we Mm -hmm. filmed in the mayor's (laughs) office. I was like, he's going to give up his office for us to film here. uh, Exactly. But it was uh, it was just a great time, and yeah. uh, I think it all comes through in the movie. It, mm-hmm. You know, it shows in those yeah. scenes. But while y'all were filming the movie, did it look like this might be a hit? I mean, this might be something happening here. Well, when I met Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, uh, I knew that the film would be a hit. Right. However, I had no idea that it would last this long. That thirty some years later, yeah. we'd still be talking about. It. I've yeah. done a lot of movies yeah. that people forget about <laughs> in a couple of months, you know, exactly. a few days, you know. But, exactly. But Ghostbusters, um, yeah, it really touched people in a, a very, very personal way. And uh, kids grew up with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I see people all over the world, wherever I am, if people find out I'm there, they show up in their Ghostbuster exactly. outfit, yeah. exactly. you know. And the song is such a part of the movie. You can't separate it. I mean, yeah. people... Still dancing to still uh, dancing. to who you gonna call? And, and see, yeah. I feel just like you. I wrote the song. I mean, I thought well, this, this sounds good. I mean, it's gonna be okay. Right. I never thought that every kid in the world from now on is yeah, gonna be singing right. the same yeah. song. Yeah. And I just left Tokyo a couple of weeks ago, and at the concert, I mean, we're rocking it. At the end of the concert, four people in complete costumes with backpacks and everything right. show up. So I just yeah. put them on the stage. I said, and they were like, "Wow, Ray, this is a big production." I said, "They ain't my production. They they own those costumes. You know right. what I mean? They're real fans." You know, yeah, to me, yeah. So, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, it was a game changer, but not totally in the way that I wanted it. You know, when Ghostbusters came out, um, I thought my career would take off. Uh, that didn't happen the way that I. In the manner I, you know, that you thought. Yeah, <laughs> the way I thought. And, yeah, right. You know, 35 years later, I look back. It, it was perfect the way it was, but right. it wasn't, um, like I said, it wasn't, wasn't exactly, um, you know, what I had in mind. 
And it's kind of hard because there were other movies that were hits that opened number yeah, one. Yeah. But there was still something about this movie, and I think it was it coupled with the song mm-hmm. that made it uniquely personal. Yeah. That little kids tapped into the movie and they would sit and watch it. I've met people who've seen this movie a few hundred times. Oh, yeah. Who know the every line yeah, in the movie, exactly. man. They'll tell me stuff I don't even know. Exactly. And, um, there was something about that that made it really unique and really special. Mm-hmm. And it's also the kind of movie that cross generations so that uh, grandparents are sharing with their grandkids exactly. and parents. Yeah, I mean, five year old kids are yeah, yeah. tying into it. Um, and I think it's been difficult for mm-hmm. them to realize how to recreate that magic. Yeah. To me, um, I think, well, could you just put the song back in it where the people can sing it? Yeah. That, they keep uh, wanting to change it and do something else. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how to tell them because I wrote the song, but it's like, did y'all see the first movie right. when they go, who you going to call the crowd? Goes, yeah. I mean, they get into it and it seems like they keep trying to take get yeah. further away from the song as possible, further away from the song. Yeah. And I'm like, and by the way, I agree with you. You know, it didn't change my life the way I thought it was going to change. Too. Right. I thought, I'm thinking John Williams, Steven Spielberg. I mean, I think I thought, oh wow, man, look what I did. I mean, I got like me and, and I was over, you know, our hero's house every day. Right. I said, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be doing films for the rest of my life. I mean, we, I never got called for another film from the, from you know, yeah, yeah. Guy. That, I was like, um, well, well, wait a minute, how could, what yeah. happened? <laughs> you know, I thought I was your boy. You know, um, but I'm here shaking like, hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, walking around the room. You know, you know. What do you want me to do? You know, yeah. I remember they sent the Ghostbuster car to pick me up this was in 84 <laughs> after the movie came out uh picked me up in my neighborhood and uh we went to uh the, the ramen's chinese theater mm-hmm. uh and i signed some autographs and uh then we got ready to pull away and the car broke down <laughs> and oh. uh, i'm there signing autographs on the poster i'm not even on the poster but i'm right. i'm saying I'm, I'm doing good i mean i'm here i'm, I'm sure i'm a right. player i'm doing and yeah. it doesn't um it doesn't quite work that way but you know, like I said, and in, in hindsight, it, it's it's fine, and uh, I think we what come. What was the out, poster? You know, they had two posters. You were had, on one poster and not on another poster. I, I was well, like, well, yeah. With the second movie, I think they include the character. There are four characters, yeah. but on the original one, it's, it's just it the three, three guys. Mix, yeah, you but know, it's mixed. Guys. You're on some of the posters. Some of the, yeah, it's, it's a little bit uh, yeah, uh, and I think it, I felt like it was a deliberate attempt. By the studio, I'm not saying mm-hmm. who or what. Exactly. To Somebody. minimalize that character. Exactly. He's sort of in, but he's not. Even the he's way they introduced him. Don't let him all the way. Yeah, he's not really one of us. When yeah, we yeah, really yeah. get uh, the billboard on Sunset, yeah. you know. You know, my name that. did the same way. Oh, was, I mean, right. on the movies, big thing there. On the videotape, some, which you would think they just transferred it over, right? Right. Somebody stopped, re-edited the videotape, said, "Get his name out the front with them big letters," right. and put him in the back yeah. credits. Yeah. And I'm like. Y'all spent money to do that. Why don't you just yeah, transfer no, it? Yeah, it's a deliberate uh, it's a deliberate attempt. And every once in a while when uh, I kind of go, no, that everything is fine. It's we passed that. <laughs> we're not uh, on that. the on the 30th anniversary I went to right. Chicago to uh they wanted me to introduce the movie for, right, you know, right. it was um at one of the theaters there. And I got there and I'm going just before I go into the theater, I'm looking at the poster and it's just three guys. I'm like, <laughs> This is thirty years later, and they got you introducing with, it. Yeah, so they should have at least had that at least have you know exactly. Uh, I went on uh, the uh, the morning show uh, with um, uh, Al Roker on mm-hmm. CBS's morning show. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, they they had a nice little interview. We talked about the movie, mm-hmm. and it was the thirtieth anniversary. And then at the end of it, they uh, we have a little gift for you, Ernie, and they gave me a little bag of 
Ghostbusters stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we're still on the air. And I said, oh, wow, this is not took out. It's a, this the Bill Murray doll. <laughs> it's the Danny Aykroyd doll. It's like no no Winston's Edmore where's, doll where's, here. Yeah, where's and it then, But you know, it was worse. And I didn't call him on it. I, yeah. I just let it go because I, I know we were kind of wrapping up. But they gave me a T-shirt. Right. And it was four Ghostbusters. On the T-shirt. On the T-shirt. Right. But it was Danny Aykroyd twice. Oh no, it wasn't. I swear, no, God, I swear, on, yeah, it was Danny Aykroyd twice. Are you I wasn't, serious? I, honestly, no, God, I no. wasn't even on the T-shirt, and <laughs> I started to say, but I thought, no, leave it, let it go. And I think, man, for fans, a lot, there are a lot of things in life when you just go, you know what, just let it go, you know. Uh, but well, I feel um, that way when I see the poster and my name is on it in big letters, the yeah, original poster, right. and then I go look at another poster, like. Where's my name at? Who took my name out yeah, of the poster? Yeah. They had to redesign the poster and match the cup to do that, right? Yeah. Somebody said, so like you said, somebody said, take him off that, the poster. That somebody made that that. Choice. It would have been cheaper to just leave it alone. But you know, so. the wonderful thing is uh, when I come to your house and I see your circular stairs and I go, Ray got paid. <laughs> Ray, Ray got paid. I want to respect, but yeah, he yeah, got yeah, the yeah. money. So <laughs> That part, I, I sort of got some of that right. So that part I got right. Yeah. But I think I got lucky there too because... In the beginning, the studio, they, nobody thought that song was anything. Yeah. They were like, ah, we don't care. Give it to him. We, we don't want it. You know? so yeah. It was that was the attitude. Right. You know? Yeah. And then later when things took off, it was like, right. well, wait, who, who has the, who is, <laughs> what, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they say him, how did y'all let this happen? Yeah, you know, everybody, then they start pounding on him. You know? Yeah. So yes, definitely listen to the rest of that interview. It's it's great. That's that's just a very small sampling. Uh, I, I wanted to put a full... 10 minutes, 15 minutes in there based upon the stuff that they talked about, but I'll, I'll keep it to a very short clip because I want you guys to go check out that, that show if you yeah. haven't already. Um, go uh, support our, it. Yeah. Go support it. Go support Ray. It was his birthday. We didn't mention that. So happy, happy belated birthday. birthday Ray. You. Uh, birthday he's not listening, but it's okay. Very belated birthday wishes to you, Ray Parker there Jr. If you're listening. Uh, all right. So let's end on a shout out to a couple of uh, our, our awesome franchises out there that are doing uh, great work. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to the Alberta Ghostbusters who got some ink at the Calgary Comic Expo, uh, raising money for the Alberta Children's Hospital this past weekend. Uh, you may recognize the Calgary Comic Expo. It's a huge show. It's also the one where the Back to the Future reunion was supposed to happen, and then poor Michael J. Fox had uh, emergency spine surgery, and he had to back out at the last minute. But um, So huge, huge convention, and uh, it seems like based upon the social media posts, uh, the Calgary folks uh, – I'm sorry, the Alberta folks were really able to do some good uh, out there in, in the Calgary Comic Expo. Um, so check them out, albertaghostbusters.ca. Uh, and then I also want to give a shout out to the Ecto Force of Florida, not just because they have a really cool franchise name, but also because they are a, a relatively new franchise. I, I haven't heard of these guys before until the stuff that I saw uh, this past week, but um, they were out there in force uh, raising money for cystic fibrosis at a 5K walk in Orlando. Uh, they have really cashed in on the slime craze. They had a slime lab that they set up on, I guess in the little like village or like farmer's market that they set up for the, for the race. They had a slime lab where kids could come and make slime and, and meet the ghostbusters and, and very cool stuff. Uh, so check them out at ghostbusters FLA on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, again, that's the Ecto force of Florida. I really love that Ecto force is catching on, even though the show Mm. hasn't aired. (laughs) I love that. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, Chris, do you want to give a shout out to somebody in Ontario for helping us out with the pronunciation of things? Or do you want to <laughs> let that go? 
<laughs> yeah, they pronounce it. It makes it. It's actually it makes perfect sense uh, because all the Elgin names. It's pr- we're probably mispronouncing it here too. Uh, but yeah, they say Elgin. Elgin. Yeah, which is uh, it's named it's named after uh, a Scottish like one of the Scottish lords or whatever. Uh, so there's Elgin is that's again that's why it's all over Canada and in a couple places in the states and all that. Elgin, 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 Elgin. <laughs> Although in the states, <laughs> half of them have been corrupted over to Elgin too, mostly because America <sighs> happily forgets its roots as quickly as possible. Well, but that's, even that's then, America for you. Yes. they're all named after this Elgin guy. So uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'd like that like it, it stemmed into the uh, GIF GIF uh, <laughs> discussion, which I to me is still there's was, no discussion. That was uncalled for, I think, because <laughs> that was that was putting uh, uh, interface or image formats uh, into my into my mouth because I didn't say anything about it. They was they not only brought it up, they assumed how I pronounced it. How dare they? Also, that third person he he was the fellow Canadian, so he should know about the third man in. Uh, penalty rule, <laughs> by the way. But anyway, and, uh, uh, we should probably give a small. Uh, I posted it on Proton Charging's uh, social medias and all that. Um, but there's uh, an original uh, Ecto One watercolor oh, painting. I don't know if yes, you saw it. Yes. That, oh my goodness! Uh, Ryan I Santos or resent that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's to raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, and currently, I'm just quickly calling it up here, three days left. So by the time you hear this, it'll be over. So, <laughs> But it was a cool not, print. Uh, I mean, yeah, check out the nice art. Print. It's, it's on the uh, the CrossRip Facebook right now, if, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably re-mention it on the Twitters and all that anyways before the thing ends. But uh, I don't know how much it's going to go for. But the opening bid is 135 and you can buy it now for 325 And there's three days left. Um, so... I don't know. I'm hoping people do hear about this. I feel bad that this happened after we recorded last week. And then, um, yeah, it's not, the timing doesn't work out for us this week because otherwise we could have helped promote it a bit yeah, more. I mean, uh, you were talking last week about, uh, helping raise some funds and you, you actually came up with a great hashtag, the last of the petty cash, which I thought was a, a great tag for that. Yeah. Of the petty cash. So actually, yeah, let's quickly talk about that. When you, uh, Every time we bring this stuff up or we put it on social media is we're going to hashtag it last of the petty cash. And that goes to our little, uh, that little harebrained scheme we had of, you know, if a thousand of us give a buck each, that means nothing to us individually, but we just dropped a thousand dollars into the lap of, you know, uh, a fellow Ghostbusters group that's trying to raise money for, you know, a, a marathon or, a you know, a walk for life or whatever sort of thing. So. Yeah, and and brilliantly uh, coining that phrase, the last of the petty cash, because that's essentially what it ends up being. Is it's like, what's what you got in your wallet? What what are those couple yeah. bucks that are left over from your change that you paid for lunch or your coffee with? Uh, that's it, that's it what's only going works to. if if we all uh, you know think to ourselves we're going to do it. Because uh, a lot of people, this is the cliche, every little bit helps. But then you sit there going, yeah, but what's my one buck going to do? But if we all go that, ah, but if yeah. there's me and a few other people, then obviously it's not just a buck. It's a bunch of bucks. And, you know, if if we all kind of like, you know, all moved as one, like yeah. I said, a, anything, a hundred people, like if a hundred of us threw in a buck, a buck well, that's a hundred bucks they and, didn't and have before. we're, we're going to do our best to coordinate that effort too. So if, yeah. if every month we're going to do uh, a, you know, here, here is our last of the petty cash effort. Uh, and, and if you have a franchise that you guys have, uh, like the Alberta folks, if you're raising money uh, at the Calgary uh, Expo, 
let us know and then that that can be what the monthly uh uh drive is for and we'll we'll get you guys yeah. get you guys that exposure that way so too a, so a quick a quick shout out back then to the ontario ghostbusters doing the mandarin ms walk again that's up on our social media yes i yes. think that one's still active right now so yeah hashtag so that last of the that's petty our cash. last of the petty cash for, for right now May here. Go let's, there. let's go do that yeah uh, and, um, and this will be our like you said this will be our, our our clarion call to everybody else if you've got something up, like you're doing a convention, like the 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 Alberta Ghostbusters did, and all that, if you the the further ahead of time, you can let us know. Yeah, I try to keep on top of the stuff. I try to, but I got you know day job and you know a kid that <laughs> demands bubble gum constantly and all this. So, <laughs> so stuff slips through the. But if you specifically come to me and say thing help, yes, and you know, I will definitely make sure the word oh, gets yes, out yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do have to, uh, to tell you guys, yeah, because we do get people that are like, Hey, check this out. And we're like, cool. Oh, oh, you want us to like talk about it on the show or uh, wait? The- <laughs> yeah. Like there's nothing. <laughs> Rule number one of public relations, never assume <laughs> that the people on the other side are going to pick up the ball and run That's, with it. I have to apologize you- to Jason Bischoff because that was, he sent us this awesome, it was, a. Uh, it was a banshee box and it was this big, like, uh, uh you know, a, a thing that cosplayers are doing. It's really expensive. You walk around with this box and, uh, a, a three dimensional holographic banshee pops out of it screaming. And he sent that to, to the cross rip. And I was like, cool. All right. <laughs> did I miss something? Like, why did you send this to us? And and he, of course, then had to elaborate. Like, oh well, this could be applied to the cosplay for for Ghostbusters fans. You could have a containment unit that bursts open and a ghost flies out, or uh, a trap uh, that that uh, malfunctions or something. And I was like, oh man, I'm dense. I did not make. I was like, did we talk <laughs> about banshees? Did we? Is is there something about the box and us screaming? I I'm lost. I'm literally just... as you heard last week. I couldn't remember why I made reference to Law and Order. <laughs> to the extent that I made a reference to it, the following week Michael Tanaka said, "Ha ha, funny." To I, what? I don't know. Remember what I said. To which he then kindly and patiently wrote again this past week and said, "You know the reference to the guys like." The docks lifting the bo- oh right, right. I lifted that John Mulaney thing. Gotcha. I remember now. So yes, we we cannot be counted to uh, yes, yeah. But uh, alas, we will we will try to remember as best we can. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so send in your uh, send in your stuff to us, and we will help you guys boost the signal. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, go, go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray.
Okay, Chris, uh, coming coming up on our final thoughts here, um, but before before you get into your final thoughts mm-hmm. of, of this week's, uh, I don't know if this is coincidence, or I don't know if Mr. Paul Rudolph is actually listening to the show. Hi, Paul, if you are. Uh, but Spook Central uh, just so happened on, um, as we're recording this, at 11.16 p.m. on Wednesday, May 2nd, uh, at 11 p.m. on May 2nd on Spook Central <laughs> has, has posted an article about the 800 number uh, and ah. all of the various iterations that have occurred uh, throughout the years for Ghostbusters. And he does mention uh, back in 1984, there was the 800 number um, that was brought up by the admins on Ghostbusters Wiki. Apparently, the Ghostbusters Wiki people brought that up to Paul, so maybe that's how this has happened. Maybe Paul right, doesn't okay. listen to the show, but uh, <laughs> they have all been looking for the recording of the message as well. So uh, Paul Rudolph, who I kind of treat as if Derek Osborne doesn't have it, Paul Rudolph sure as hell probably does because he's oh, yeah. sort of the the keeper of all of the uh, publications and magazines and recordings and audio and all sorts of stuff. Spook central is a wonderful resource. Go check it out. Um, but what he has put together is an article with all of the 800 numbers that you can call, including the one with Janine that we talked about uh, a few episodes ago, the one with Kevin from uh, answer the call. Uh, very cool. Go check out that article. It's very relevant to the last couple weeks uh, episodes. And uh, I'd like to think we were maybe possibly responsible, but I, I don't think, I think Jack White was probably the instigator of all of this still. But uh, anyway, so check out Spook Central. Even, even if you're not checking out that 800 number, Spook Central has a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, so that is, uh, boy, what, what is the... Shoot, I I feel I think it's spookcentral.tk is like his mini URL, but uh, just just Google search Spook Central and yeah, he's pretty it. much it. It'll it'll pop up. Yeah, um, but uh, so there's there's my quick final thoughts. But uh, Chris, what what do you got for final thoughts this week? Oh, don't do drugs, kids. I don't know. <laughs> but, but here's here's the crazy moral of that story. If you do drugs, you will meet John Belushi and you will invent Slimer. <laughs> so how am I supposed to tell my daughter don't do drugs? When she reads a story like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I, I don't really have any final thoughts. Um, it's been... You and I both have been a series of long weeks. Not, yeah, it's been pretty long. Pretty long. I actually, actually, that's not true. I kind of have a small final thought. And, and you and I kick this around, too. This kind of goes a little bit to our maybe cherry-picking some real Ghostbusters to talk about. Because uh, we have we never really dove in much on individual episodes. But... I've always been kind of a big fan of companion movies. To you, I think this came up. Uh, I think maybe we talked about it with Ernie Klein at one point. Like good companion movies. Yeah, to Big Trouble in Little China, Scrooge. We even did that commentary Scrooge. on Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have personal like little ones that are a bit odd, like um, Second Sight. Oh, Second, talk Second, about Second Sight. Sight. Oh my God, that is kind of a, an interesting parallel to Ghostbusters. Stuart Pankin, um, um, help me out here. Stuart Bronson, Pankin, Bronson Pinchot, Bronson Pinchot, yeah. and uh, Larrakat, John Larrakat, and the three of them are like a one is a Larrakat is a private investigator who somehow is teamed up with uh, with Stuart Pankin, who is a a paranormal researcher. And Pincho is his prize guinea pig. Like he's a he's a legit psychic. 
uh, in a bit of a wacky way. It, it screams yeah. made for television. How this ever went to theaters, I do not know. Like its budget was <laughs> the television. Perfect it's Strangers effective. craze. Yeah, but but that's what it was. Ghostbusters and Perfect Strangers, and somebody went, yeah, this will be good. And actually, to be fair, uh, Lara Cat was pretty hot too. Like yeah, I mean, coming off a of Night Court and all that sort of there thing. There were all those like Ghost Dad and vice versa, and all of those yeah. kind of movies that sh- should have just been TV movies. But it yeah. is it is not high art, but it is it is big fun. Like it is just like I said, it is is. <laughs> but uh, the reason this came up is. Uh, now that I got a little like I'm back and traveling's over and all that sort of thing I'm thinking about maybe doing a you know and the summer months are here which usually means I crap uh, crap I crack open <laughs> I the barbecue I, cr- <laughs> I crap bigger than you <laughs> uh, thanks um, Jack Palance oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I you know I break out the barbecue and I was thinking about having maybe uh, some people over and this is something I deal with. This is the problem that we as North Americans need to deal with. You kids, you're not watching the old movies. <laughs> My references mean nothing to you. <laughs> it's um, true. There's a lot of really good stuff that I feel that for every one Ghostbusters they've watched and they loved, you know, they're kind of missing the rest. It's the same. It's almost like the same way I kind of have to push to go digging and get recommendations and make a point of sitting down and watching old black and white movies. Right. Oh, yeah. Because in my head, a lot of them, let's be honest here, it's Sturgeon's Law. Like, a lot of stuff is just average or even worse, crap. The diamonds are are harder to, they'll always be in, in well, that's why they're diamonds. They're the rarity, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is it depends on what you, and frankly, it's going both ways now. I'm in the middle of a, I actively have to find people to recommend Netflix movie and then make a point of sitting down and watching them because I have no idea <laughs> if they're good or not. That's, that, um, you have to commit the time to it. Yeah. yeah. But for me, it's old black and white movies. Don't, there's a lot of them that I love and it's based on that I go there's got to be more but there's such a field of content you don't know what to do so I'm kind of in the summer months you know the days are longer all that sort of thing it's easier than to kind of you know let's maybe watch them you know get some people over and have a drink and watch a couple of movies sort of thing so I think yeah the summer series is kind of coming about I was yeah, also this also comes some double features and then let us know what you're gonna yeah gonna be this, showing. Go, this goes yeah. hand in hand with uh, Dana Gould's podcast too because he was talking who is he talking with no sorry not Dana Gould it's yours and mine favorite uh, the uh, oh Gilbert Godfrey? mine favorite <laughs> whoa whoa <laughs> don't worry about that <laughs> that's, that's very Dana Carvey just like <laughs> screaming in German screaming in the mic uh, yeah uh, Gilbert Godfrey he had uh, Pat Oswald on. Oh, and yeah, Pat is a little one. bit older yeah. than me, but he is film nut. I mean, uh, it helps that, let's be honest here, he went to L.A. in the, whatever it was, the late 80s, early 90s, as soon as he, you know, cut free of, of school and all that, and uh, um, just decided that every evening he'd go, you know, watch a cheap movie at the, the, the Beverly yeah, uh, yeah. He's the, a regular patron of the New Beverly, which is still right, closed. Ah, oh, it's killing me. Anyway. Yeah. Well, he mentioned because uh, what it is is uh, Tarantino is overhauling it, which makes me very happy. I'm gonna go on a small tangent here. That uh, when I was in town for, because <sighs> you and I got together and we got together with we, uh, John Yurkava. It was the VR event, right? The you VR event. VR That's event. what it was. Yeah. Yes. 
and I made it a point of uh, John and I got together an afternoon on the weekend and watched Monster Squad, a British right. print of Monster right. Squad, which was amazing, uh, with a huge crowd. That was great. And then I remember telling you, because I, I think it was after I went out to dinner with you guys, and I was heading back, and I'm like, I'm just going to crash at the hotel. And as I was coming up on that very last exit before you head through the the, the, the where the 405 cuts through the hills up to Burbank area and all that. I my brain went. This is the last turn off to get back into <laughs> Beverly Hills. Could slash. Go back to the new Beverly. And I did, and I made it with minutes to spare to watch some old, uh, watch some old, uh, yeah, seventies movies that I I just I had no inkling of. But they, it's that's what the Beverly does is they program these. these oh yeah, they sort do of things. awesome things. Yeah, I mean they're and probably yeah. having to overhaul it because we went to a a kids matinee of uh, Great Muppet Caper. And the kids destroyed the right. theater. Oh, did so they? That's, yeah, okay. that's probably why they need to overhaul it because all the kids' matinees probably did some damage. But uh. <laughs> but uh, he got me thinking too. Like I, I have a vague goal now. When I was younger, my vague goal was is one day I will retire, but I will run a comic shop. That will be my retirement thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now years have passed, and I'm sitting here going, I have no idea what the future of comic shops will be. So maybe not. Yeah, maybe uh, a movie theater. Not, yeah. not only that, I sit around and I, I talk to the people who do run the local comic shops, and I'm like, wow, this is not this is work. This is not the retirement <laughs> job I thought it was. Be. It's stressful. Changing. It's getting hard and stressful. Uh, I don't know that I'd run a theater, but I had this crazy idea of uh, if I had had um, uh, a garage space out back like the separate Vancouver has a lot of separate garages out back if I had access to one of those wherever I'm at at the time right now we're we're in our current family home but I don't think we're going to be here when I retire we'll be yeah. we'll move someplace else okay like I've always thought like I'll make it my workspace I'll make it my whatever and I part of me listened to that went I and handy enough, I could redo the walls and put in a basic system and maybe a small snack bar at the back. <laughs> and then the major investment would be some, no, don't laugh, some theater uh, row seating, which depending on how I do it, maybe uh, I can get used. Awesome. Yeah. You know, put some slight rising in and put the, all these sure. seats in and then just invite people over to say, watch. You're, you're just, you're basically just, you're, this is my dream. You're yeah. basically, this is what I've always wanted. Well, because yeah. the thing that's missing is the the only thing that movies have a hold on is the communal experience. Uh, and that's it. That's the only, and to be honest, that may allow them to hold out a lot longer that even people like, uh, you know, who are worried like uh, Gilbert Godfrey and uh, Patton Oswald are, I think they might hang on a lot longer than people think just because like, look at uh, Infinity uh, War. Yeah. Yeah. If that debuted on Netflix, everybody would go watch it. But the, the it would not. It wouldn't be the yeah, same. The response, right? You like, wouldn't have the gasps and the cheers yeah. and the yeah. I yeah. had two girls sitting behind me. They were sobbing. Okay, like I'm sitting here going, you can't even if you have a couple of friends over, right? And that's the worst of it. It's like right now movies have this one strange advantage of is that if they get something and you want to watch. You better go watch it when they say you can watch it. Like, yeah. as opposed to Netflix, where it's like, well, it drops tomorrow, but I'm busy. Yeah, I'll Todd's wait. busy Friday. Yeah. We'll wait till we'll get together on the Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, no! You want to be first <laughs> through the door? Get your yeah. tickets two weeks in advance you and you get in line. Weekend, 
and I want to talk to you on Monday at work about it. And if you're like, I don't want to hear spoilers, like, no, you had it's, your chance. Yeah. So it turned into a weird, like a, a weird nerd actuarial problem in my head of what is a, a good minimum size. Because in my head, I was kind of like, well, you and I have both been in screening theaters that are what, 40 seats? They're the small 50 seaters, 20 yeah, seaters right? sometimes too. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, if you could get 20 seats into a space and I'm like 20 seats you could fit into a larger garage not not some of the ones people think of that are attached to houses but like some of the Vancouver ones yeah you could do 20 seats and then like I said you have a projector hanging mm. overhead and uh, that's and then just and here's your summer every Saturday you have Saturday movies uh, yeah I, I had roommates we did that and it was so much like Saturday movies and we would watch Maltese Falcon and all these like people would be like what Maltese yeah. Falcon Oh, you haven't seen that? You got to come over to our house on Saturday. You do know? you know what? Do you know what this is kind of related to? Huh? Um, is when we visited the shout out to our pals at uh, at Monster Party. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember Sean uh, Sheridan's uh, place? He had him and his wife had that one part in the back of his office that was I don't know a closet or a storage like their space vault. Yeah. That that he went in and he had uh, like blockbuster style. Uh, VHS slash DVD shelves built and put in, and he even had yeah. like a little sign like went going through the door, like it. It was made to look like it, a tiny video it's only store, like yeah, five yeah. by five or whatever it is. But it was in my head, I kind of want to do that. Where yeah, it's a garage, but I want a little sign out front, like find a used sign somewhere that has like the little plastic letters that I yeah. can put you know, now playing. A couple of light a couple boxes of, with some posters. Yeah, put some posters yeah. in there, oh, and that's then. My dream. Uh, and then inside, like I said, some good, you know, used, comfy, reclean chairs. You can pick them up cheap as a, you know, like a, an old theater replaces them. You just keep your eyes out. You'll find them. Uh, and then off to the side, maybe, like just to build a counter, you know, that has a the display of candy machine. and a popcorn yeah. machine and drinks. Uh. Yeah. All right, well, we're a- just we're going to move into a duplex so that we can share this space <laughs> because that's what I. But I think that would be awesome, right? Like I, I kind of see that as the if in the if in the fifties people had the neighborhood. I heard I've heard lots of stories in the, like the fifties and the sixties, maybe even the seventies, where, uh, let's say, parenting was slightly more lax than it is now. <laughs> uh, you know, mom and dad, the the rec room, you know, had the bar in it, like. Yeah, yeah. You, you remember them too, right? I remember oh, yeah. growing up in the '80s. Every single Absolutely. house we ever lived in, we'd move in, and it had a it had a it had a rec room. Somebody had built in a bar, With all the and liquor out on display, and you're like, wait a minute. By yeah. the by, the '80s it was dying, but the reason it was put in was that in the '60s and '70s, yeah, you'd invite over ten of your friends, and you'd all hang out and have a right. like. It's like let's go to the bar, but not go to the bar. It's like, well, I don't want. We're that, going to Chris's house. Chris is porn tonight. I would like everybody, it'd be great to have people come over and watch, you know, old movies. And that goes all the way back. Like not just this 80s stuff. Like, um, why did this come up? Usually these, I'll tell people a secret here. A lot of these final thoughts are about eight different things that are converging (laughs) on an intersection and nobody's giving way and they all slam together. So part of this was realizing that a lot of people I know haven't seen Prince of Darkness. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. And I'm I like, mean, that's, that's you, true. I guess that is kind of an obscure one. If you, well, it's not super obscure. It's slightly obscure, but it's John Carpenter. It's not yeah. like he's an unknown or anything. Yeah. And surely if you like watched Halloween and went, that was great. Like, why haven't you looked through the rest? Right? Like they're all great. Um, 
and if you're a Ghostbusters fan, th- there's not a lot of jokes here. This is more in the poltergeist. This is like, uh, it's like watching poltergeist. And then when you're not looking, it gives you the finger. Like it's just, it's even meaner <laughs> than poltergeist has a couple of yucks in there. Cause it's Spielberg, but it's, you know, it's kind of sad and it's kind of melancholy and kind of just scary at times too. It is not a comedy yeah. movie. It's just, if anything, it's a summer blockbuster, right? Like Jaws has some funny bits, but it's meant to scare the pants off you sort of thing. Prince of Darkness, there's no yucks. They have no interest in making you laugh. This is about freaking you the hell out. And it is a a terrifying, and it's it's even more terrifying because they, they stuck, he stuck really close to reality. Like with Ghostbusters, we're like, Magic backpacks, right? The science is yeah, kind sure. of yeah, kind of not. Yeah. And what they do to ghosts is kind of made up and yeah, we'll just go for it sort of thing. These people show up with computers and, you know, energy readings and that's, you know, that's it. Like they're literally physicists and student, grad students and all that. They don't have magic proton packs. They don't even, you know, there's no books that they can read an incantation from or something like that. This is just them going, this thing's evil and weird and what are we going to do about it sort of thing. And it's... Like I say, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, and especially if you're a Ghostbusters fan and a horror fan, and you haven't seen this, it's like, yeah, come all right. So on. There, there you go. There's your programming here for the first one: uh, Second Sight and Prince of Darkness. Two yeah. very, very different movies. Very different movies. <laughs> uh, I'll tell people now. Good luck finding Second Sight. Like I'm, I will tell you now, that is a. Oh. You may have to. You may have to. You may have to arr a little bit, if you know what yeah, I mean. I think, I didn't Shout just do a release of that? Don't quote me Did on it. I think Shout may no. have just done Second okay, Sight. Okay, this podcast yeah. is over because I have to go buy a, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. All right, I go. have, I've, I've, I owned an old VHS copy ages ago. And I'm I think what I've been making do with is a rip copy of that that 80, somebody made online. 90. 90% sure, 80% sure. Oh. I'm pretty, yeah, check out Shout because it was part of their, I mean, they just did Mac and Me. Like, Shout Select <laughs> is like, okay, these are the movies you guys want. How much are you willing to pay for them? Great. So, yeah, check out uh, Now check all out you're doing Shout. is making me think of the new Ant-Man movie just because of Paul <laughs> because Rudd's of Paul. love of yeah. pranking people with it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right. Well, so uh, check check out those movies. Uh, help out all of our our franchise friends that are raising the funds. Last of the petty cash. The last of the Keep petty cash. Keep your eyes open. Speaking of friends that we helped out, um, the uh, ministers of grace uh, posted a picture. Oh, from it their production. Yes, it begins. They borrowed a, a Slimer. I think it's one of the those stuffed factory like the ones from the claw machine Slimers yeah. that were floating around. Or the loot crate ones. I can't remember where it came from, but it's a very f- familiar Slimer. And then a guy in back in, you know, kind of period uh, costume sort of thing. <laughs> all right. It begins. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, all right. Uh, until next week, we love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we we have so much fun, especially in these these final thoughts. They've started getting a little bit longer, but that's just us sort of freeforming, and we, we really enjoy it. So, uh, anyway, uh, until next week, we will have more Ghostbusters news, commentary, conversation, interviews, all sorts of stuff next week on The Cross Rip. See you on the other side. Who you gonna call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, let me guess. Gozer was no study. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh, oh, oh. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. 
Weird.